0: goal goes to a familiar face, Bessart Barisha. It's Connor Cain on the left. Alessandro Diamante, the ball on a string. And- oh, Diamante! the Western
1: Service crew are celebrating. Ah, oh, the Western Service crew is celebrating. And welcome back to another big episode of All Out West. This week, you are joined by myself, Kelsey, and Jay. How's it going, guys?
2: Good, thanks, mate. Look, I'm doing better than West United were
1: on the weekend. Oh, they had a good innings. The weather was nice.
2: Do you know probably the best thing to
1: happen to us this weekend was the um, the, uh, City having two injuries during the week?
0: Ooh, not bad at all. Also, City following in our footsteps with the same halftime scoreline going into the game this weekend, but I'm sure we'll get into that at some point
1: definitely now my first talking uh, do you guys have anything you want to talk about before we get into it
0: no nah, um, let's nah. rip, rip this band-aid of the weekend off
1: <laughs> okay let's get into the with the old club update now in the lead up to the Ballarat game the commentator confirmed that West United would be playing out of the 5k training facility aka the mini stadium when it's completed in 12 to 18 months and he did confirm that the timeline for the main stadium was hoped to was hoped to be completed in three years. This was from the Western um, Melbourne Group chairman, uh, G- uh, Jason Sarasas. I, forget, I always space on the pronunciation. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Kelsey, what are your thoughts on, A, the training facility, and then we'll, we'll get into the, the the stadium after that?
2: Look, for the training facility, I think it makes sense. At least we'll be playing from one ground predominantly week in, week out, which I think will help a lot of the fan base, given a lot of support. Some- based in Tarnit. I think it will help. It should keep crowd numbers consistent and more up. Um, hopefully it'll drive some more interest in the local area. I believe we're still doing the one game with Ballarat for the foreseeable future. So, you know, we'll still get one game up there. But um, I think it makes sense while we're waiting for the stadium to get ticked off. Obviously, you need a lot more approval than that. and that. obviously it takes a lot more time to build a stadium of that size. Jay, thoughts? Um
0: yeah what uh, I did have one quick question though the training facility hemi uh does that hold what 5k five K. capacity 5k um well I'm pro I'm pro playing home games there um as long as you know it's not derbies or anything not any big games because obviously you you can't have a 5k capacity for western united versus victory so um obviously those games should still be played at amy park um i actually wouldn't mind seeing another western versus victory game at eddie had we haven't had one this season so <laughs> i kind of miss that even though they are away games but um um also do kind of miss playing out in geelong as well um great you know we, we haven't it feels like so long since we played out there um we've been going to amy park a lot more um which i i don't mind amy park but um, yeah, I kind of do miss playing out in Geelong. And until we have a decent-sized stadium of our own, I still think we will play games um, sort of here there and everywhere, especially the bigger ones in Melbourne.
1: Maybe we do the big Victory games and whatnot at GMHBA?
0: Yeah, well, yeah Vic- Victory used to play a game season at the very least out at GMHBA as well. Um, so they're, they're used to getting numbers out that way um but you know um sorry back to i sort of stumbled on there for a bit um back to the training facility 5k that's going to be enough for like a playing a perth Glory or a central coast or newcastle someone with a teams where you're not getting big turnouts for away fans 5k would be great especially in the tarnate area you'd think you'd get close to that each game you'd be hoping for sure especially once it newly opens up um so it'd be nice to see some packed in crowds which i I think we're sort of in the need of, um, especially because we're so uh, sort of thinly spread at times playing games um, around the West. Yeah, I, I think it'd be nice to get some consistency, play a few games in one spot. I think um, it'll really help with...
1: I, sorry to cut you off. I, I think it'll also really help with a lot, of the, a lot of the fan base, from my understanding, is very werribee in inner inner-western-suburbs-based as opposed to the more regional. Like there are, and I'm not to negate those people in re- regional areas. I'm glad they're interested and whatnot. But I, I believe a lot of us are living in the heartland, if you will, of the West. We, we are in Tarnate. We are in the Werribee, the Hoppers, the Thornhill Parks, the Meltons. There's a lot of people out this way. Shout out, Kelsey. What's,
2: yeah, the,
1: um, what's the postcode of Thornhill Park, Kelsey?
2: three five.
1: We getting that tattooed? Nah. Oh, oh the, head from head from the 3030.
2: 3030. My hometown will always be the 3030.
1: 3030. I had to do it.
2: Got <clears throat> to represent. I'm, I'm 30, born and raised. Can't take me yeah. out. You know, I can leave that place, but it's still in my heart.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's. I think it'd be beneficial for the fan base to play more games out here and and build that local fan base and the people who want to travel, but also supplement that with the the Ballarat <laughs> games. Uh, which we're going to talk more about shortly and the Geelong games to keep those people interested and involved.
0: Also worth mentioning, if you look at, um, I'd say like a lot of our fans, we still have a lot of fans from out uh, Geelong way, but they are no stranger to traveling as far as Melbourne for a game, jumping on the train Mm. for 90 minutes at the very least to make it to a a Melbourne game, um, especially because of of the cats, you know, they're used to it. Um, so I still don't, i I don't think um you know what is it a forty minute train ride from um, the middle of Keep Geelong tight. into Tarnate. you know we we do that every week I do that every week no problem the other way we did for a while so I honestly don't think we're going to lose that much support from Geelong for sure um I still think we've we've got good support out Ballarat way but after three weeks in a row that support's definitely starting to wane um obviously there's a few people there sort of um to get around that support but um. I think, ultimately, we don't want to exclude those people, but we've got to focus on where the club's going to be based and it's going to be based in Tarnate.
2: Well, the point I was going to make to add to that and to actually sort of touch on it there was, I think we do still need those, like, you know, Geelong games or the Ballarat games for the bigger crowds where we can have the big... But space them out a bit more evenly so it's not too many in, in a row. Mm. You know, um, like, you know, you don't want to be... Going up to one of them three weeks in a row, if you can, you know, space them out evenly or consistently across the season, is the point I'm trying to make.
0: Yeah. I, I, I it doesn't help that we're going into um, the AFL season as well, because now none of the footy games are going to be open to us. Obviously, no, no Marvel Stadium, no GMHPA, um, you know, no chance we're getting Whit Noble again. Um, so it's, uh, Given us a real shortage of grounds, I only wish Mooreshead Park was half an hour from Werribee or closer, because that was fun. But can't do it every week. Oh.
2: I was going to say, have you tried living in Thornhill Park? It's a nice forty-minute drive.
0: Mm. Well, I'd still I'd take forty minutes over an hour and a half.
2: That's what I mean. Yeah. yeah, And you know, it's only ten, fifteen minutes to where the stadium will be in Tarni. It's a good, it's a good, happy location. And yeah. 40 Minutes to Geelong as well.
1: Are you getting a commission on new house builds there or something, mate?
2: I wish. <laughs> Actually, I'll tell you who it is Andrew Walsh, the former resident player, is getting all the commissions. He, he's the land developer.
1: Shout oh, out yeah. my Bombers bros. Yeah.
0: I mate, he got you like connection
2: that. with uh, He's got the connection with Chris,
0: former Ooh. resident boy himself. True. A lot going on out there.
1: Were you guys a little bit worried when the bombers coach went down the other day with uh, COVID? Since we trained at that facility,
0: nah, not really. Um, we, we from what I've seen, I think they train at separate times. Like one go, one group going after the other because you, you sometimes see them um, bumping into each other. So maybe they sort of know each other. But like I don't, I, we probably it's probably a big enough facility. Like if you've ever seen the hangar, it's pretty big. I'd say it's big enough to be
2: able to separate both teams and be able to well, isolate players. Given our entire squad essentially went down at the end of the year and, you know, didn't it seem to affect the Bombers' pre-season training in January, for example, when we all had it, mm. I think they've managed to find a way to separate them.
1: Uh, Bombers yeah, might need insane. that excuse this season because we're not oh, not a great thus far. But uh, yeah, now let's move on to the I stadium think. conversation. The... the Additional hopeful three year timeline. Who would like to go first on that one, Kelsey? Would you like that?
2: Look, I'm hopeful it'll be three years, but really, it's all just it's all relative until we get the contract signed, yeah. until the engineering report's done, until everything's signed off. You got to think it's going to be at least twenty four months from the day of that contract sign- or turning of dirt, essentially.
0: Mm. I'll um I'll believe it when I'm looking at it. The stadium, not yeah. the contract. Yeah.
2: Um, yeah. No, that's what I mean. I, you,
0: you gotta. Yeah. I can understand. COVID is throwing a spanner in the works. Um, the stadium was supposed to be built this year, but no one could have predicted what would have happened at the end of 2019. Um, but um, sort of broken record. It's like, oh, we're turning dirt. We're turning dirt. You know, it's, uh, something's been signed, and then we don't hear anything for four months. So it's like. Uh, I'm sort of I'm not over it like I'm obviously still optimistic that we'll be getting the stadium but it's like when Which is not something I'm even worried about because it's like if 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 we're not moving forward with construction now then it could be any it could happen anytime as soon as they break ground start building stuff up then I'll be like all right cool you know we're we're on to something here I'll believe it when I see construction start and when I start seeing towers go up and grandstands get built, that's when I'll be like, all right, we're on here. But I don't hold any hope for the immediate future that we'll get the stadium And 2025, I think, is uh, optimistic.
1: I think it was a bit of an oversell saying eventually that it'd be going in the, the second year of in the comp or whatever. And that's been, I think, very just disp- like um, created such negativity around the club in the broader soccer community, soccer football community. Um, and I think that can like is very deflating at times, especially just for us fans because we just want to see it do well. I've always had the the attitude that I, if everyone's prospering, it's good. Like it's good for everyone if everyone's getting like making money, kind of thing. And it's that, yeah. So it's a bit shit, but hopefully it happens. I'm confident it will because the whole like the whole reason the club exists is to to make this happen. They want that to happen. That is the end goal. That is how they're going to be viable. That is how. Their business, ma- their, their business plan inherently is to make money off having residential areas set up around the stadium, having multi-purpose, multi-use facilities along with the council gold.
2: Well, you just touched right there. The council, the council need this to happen because they've essentially given them the parcel of land. They need to get the return on the investment anyway. So it will happen. It's just all relative as to when it will happen.
0: Yeah, it has to happen. Otherwise, like. um I think it goes against the sort of uh, community that the club was, is actually trying to build up. So the club would be shooting themselves in the foot if it didn't happen. And I'm, I would also like, go I'm, against I'm, the integrity of the bid. Yeah, I, yeah, that's what I'm. I agree on that. But the bid's the bid. It's what you do with it that really matters, you know. Um, so and and it's a, it's about positivity. It's about building up football in the West. And if they fail to do that, um, then it's really a kick in the guts to all the supporters. I, that being said, I think they're trying. I think they're just jumping through hoops and they've made it a little hard on themselves. But from what I've seen from the club in many other aspects, you know, the, the amount they do for their fans, the players they've signed, the objectives they set, because obviously they're going, we're playing, for, this weekend aside, we're playing for success on the pitch a lot of the times. So we, we've gone out, we've made big signings, signing players like Diamante in our first season, still signing, makes up, making signings, domestically like young and internationally like previous like um we're not here to take part we're here to take over sort of sense um at times you get from western but then there's also um these periods where it feels like there's a lull in excitement around the club you know um just because of we we don't have a home to play in and it's i feel like the first couple of seasons it wasn't too bad but after post-covid um especially the season starting later so it's harder for a secure secure consistent home games in one stadium for me i i know i can speak for other people as well but especially for myself i think it's getting harder and harder to travel and i'm going to tasmania i'm going to enjoy it um i still will travel for the club but You know, I'm a hardcore fan and it's getting harder to travel. So how much the average fan with the family feel? It's it's getting more and more difficult.
1: Exactly. So I think that business move, getting into that training facility as soon as possible, which with that 18-month timeline is like, what, end of next year?
0: Yeah. you I said 12 to
1: 18, but I always go to the latter end of an estimate. It just saves you hassle.
2: And be realistic, probably call it the end of next season just to be fully safe. Yeah.
1: And that's just going off our estimating on the estimate. But, yeah. You, let's, you just let's don't put, know what's around the corner. But, um, yeah, let's let's put a little pin in that there, guys. We've talked a lot about stadiums and it is a hot topic um, for us as fans and in the greater community. But we've got to keep positive, keep supporting the team because they are performing well. We're, we've been in the chase for the Premier's plate for, what, two months now how many how many wednesday night games were we neck and neck with melbourne city and we're currently eight points behind with they have i think one or two more games left of the season we've got five yes it's away but this is possible and let's move on to another positive story west united signed up with um i think it's state government and local government in ballarat to do a a junior girls competition the west united cup out at Moorshead. What do you guys think of that? That's a pretty cool um, community engagement thing, specifically targeting an underrepresented part of our population in football.
2: Well, again, it goes to the commitment they've made to women's football. It's showing the investment they want to make within the women's game, and I think it's an excellent thing to start up.
0: Like I said uh, in the CNS segment before, the club's made a lot of promises, Um, Some of them have been harder to stick to than others, but they have stuck to and gone above and beyond, I believe, for their commitment to women's football. We've got the the team coming next season, which is pretty much um, bang on when we are expecting it. Um, You know, now we've got these sort of tournaments popping up. We've already got Calder, you know, that we're sponsoring and we've we've done a lot for them, you know, even just seeing the support for Calder from the Western United fans in their Nike Cup um, final was... That was fine that's not something um, I expected to see happen so far so uh can only be good it's another step in the right direction at grassroots so it can only be a good thing
1: hundred percent did you guys want to move on to the game review
2: sure I guess yeah
1: because there's no, no 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 injury updates or anything like
2: no look I oh. well, for one am really gonna hate to do this see what I did there um but let's get into it.
0: Oh, I do have a quick uh, injury update from a rumour I heard floating around at Moorshead. Head. Uh, looks like we'll get Risden back for finals at the very Ooh. worst case scenario. Okay. Um, I think it's a – they said he's been uh, – from what I've heard, he's been sort of struggling at times, obviously, with injury. We all know that. Uh, but he's keen to get back into it from what I've heard. Um, Sick. So hopefully he's back. Like I've heard, worst case scenario, uh, round one finals. So I, I wouldn't surprise me if he um could he, he plays as early as like uh, one of our away games. Like that would not surprise me. But uh, yeah, that being said, get well, Joshy, get fit. Yeah. um, You know, he's been just blistering when when he's been able to stay healthy. So yeah, we want to see him back asap.
1: So crucial for our lineup Kelsey, did you want to do the game review?
2: Yeah, I'll get into it. So on Saturday, April nine, West United took on Wellington Phoenix and the kicker here was it was at Mooreshead Park, which we covered extensively last week. It was nice to be in a rectangular stadium. Um, this wasn't the first time we had laced up there, and in contrast to Mars, we have a terrible win loss ratio, but the sun was shining for a two oh five PM kickoff. The two sides have some history. And I think this adds to our games. Prior, we've had seven games for one win, the very first win, one draw, and a whopping five losses. From early on, West United ran forward well with a decent press, and by the end of the game, dominated possession. But finishing and missed opportunities re- uh, really reared its ugly head in this game with 19 shots and only six on target. It seems to be a bit of a history here with us having shots and missing against Wellington, just FYI, with Ollie Sal. Sitting quite comfortably between the posts. There were some great runs from Wales and Payne, with the former having a really nice shot on goal, just clearing the bar four minutes in. What was the vibe like early on, say Jay being there?
0: Um well yeah, it wasn't the most packed out crowd we had. Obviously, um, the Grand Prix was in town. I know a fair few people couldn't make it. It's a very busy sporting weekend, but um for those that did get down there, they're in for a treat. Um you could reach out and touch the players. It was like a very, very um, intimate sort of oval. It felt like um, you were watching like a grassroots football game, but it had all the talent of an league game. So uh, that, was, that was weird to watch it from that sort of position. It felt like, you know, you, were, you, you could essentially just hop the fence and be sitting on the bench. It, 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 was, it was weird um, just being that close to a professional game. Um, that being said, like, first start of the game, we peppered the goals. I didn't see much down from our end because we just were pushing down their way. But, um, you know, I, I thought the team, I thought we were in cruise control. I thought we were just going to continue on with Wellington's domination that they copped for the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, copped a 6-0 thump in the city, 5-0 to... Mariners, um, you'd think oh, it's probably going to happen again, but
2: wasn't today. Um, just quickly, because you were there, do you prefer Moorshead or do you th- or do you think Mars is the better Ballarat Stadium to be at?
0: Uh, I'm going to have to go Moorshead. It's a uh, it's a rectangular ground. Um, I do like Mars. I think it'd be a great game. It's a, it's still a good ground, but like it's also you're a very long way away from the players, whereas Moorshead is. You're right in close. Uh, I think Mars is. I think like if if you're a footy fan, and you want to get down to an AFL game at Mars Stadium, go for it. Like it's still a great ground, but for the A League, I for playing games out in Ballarat, I definitely prefer 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 Moore's head. especially for only playing one or two a season there. I think we could really pack it out and get a couple of those hills filled, and it'll look good. But um, yeah, after playing for a few weeks in Ballarat, it just seems like a yeah, it's rough getting down after a while. Do you want to talk
1: yeah. about uh, Ballarat? On that note, we've played three games in six weeks there. Uh, we had a total attendance of five thousand five hundred and twenty people. With the the first game being the peak of two thousand six hundred seventy four, and the preceding two games having an attendance of fourteen twenty three, which is co- like that's a pretty intense coincidence. Um, do you guys think for me personally, I went to two of the Ballarat games and I look forward to it. I have family out that way, but I think having them so close together and as the colder weather breaks in for me with a young family, which I typically do Ballarat as a family trip. um, I find it a bit harder to do. Um, And on that note of the stadiums, Mars is a little bit better for, for children, like young children. I've got a four month old stuff like that. I like I, I found it a little bit, difficult this time. You, that's just a little... I just want to start it off there. What do you guys think?
2: Look, Well, I attended two out of three. I think Jay also attended two. I think between us, we all attended two out of the three games. Mm, yeah. I do want to point out that specifically last week, Wallace, you said the cold was not an issue in Ballarat. Bit of contradictory there, buddy. Just just to recap. But I agree with you. Like, <laughs> it, it, I don't know. It was just hard to do the three trips so close yeah. together. Personally, um, I also happen to have had... um plans because the game fixture the fixture was moved a couple of times I believe like the times like that so it made it hard for me that's why I couldn't attend this specific game but I don't know I just found it a bit of a grind to do all three or Mm. to be there for all three persons for whatever reason it may be I I, I just couldn't do all three Mm.
0: yeah it's it's challenging for the fans a bit further away to get down there you know it's an hour and a half drive for me um and I'm only from Werribee. I'm sort of centralized, so it's, you'd think it'd be a bit better. But um, I don't mind doing the trip to Ballarat, even t- twice a season. Um, but just I think uh, I, it has to have been coincided with the late start of the footy, uh, the late start of our season, and the, the start of the footy season being on time. Because um, you know, there's just I don't think there's anywhere else for us to play, so we sort of got forced into playing at Ballarat. Um, yeah, just still like to go keep going there. Mars or um Moore's head. I prefer Moorshead, but either either, not fast. Just you know, maybe have one in the first five rounds, one in the last five rounds, something like that. And a preseason game there. I think that's I think that's
2: mm. yeah. yeah. Well look if they had to have three there, I'd be happy if they were spaced a minimum of five to six weeks apart, you know, just to have that gap between them. So it's more of a adventure going there rather than a grind going up the highway.
1: Yeah. Not to mention, can I just jump in? The public transport's very hard as well, getting to, especially Mars from my understanding. I think that really limits, like you got to have designated drivers and a number of people in specifically active support like to get on the beers. Not sure if you knew that, Jay.
2: Well, if you think about it, even with the train, you you got to go to Sunshine and Change. So you got to go yeah. all the way in, especially if it's that you're, say you're one from Geelong who who wants to you know have a few beers. That's a long train trip.
0: Yeah. Mm.
2: Like so I, I, I like,
0: I've, I've, drive down to almost every game, um, that's there. Like I think I've been once where I copped the lift in from someone, but like for me, it's just like by the time you get up there, have a couple of beers, it's time to go home anyway. So like it's. You know, it's, you, you travel in three hours for a ninety-minute game. It's almost not worth it, which is probably why we we the active t- does tend to be a little more tame when we get up there, just because we're tired. You know, it's it's a fair bit of travel, so.
2: And you can't um, drink and drive too, so you don't get that uh, social lubricant, as they say.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like I'll I'll get up there, I'll, I'll grab a beer at the start of the game, and then that'll be it for me because obviously, I've got to drive home in ninety minutes. So, um, and I am fully licensed as well um but yeah yeah it's just um you know a lot of people work they've still got school for you know we work 40 hours a week um so do you to spend you know cause it's a good 5 hours out of your weekend it's a good chunk on a, on a time of the week and where a lot of people are, are relaxing you know so yeah a lot of factors play into um Ballarat. And there's, there's a lot of things you could point a finger at for it being a hard ground to get to, but yeah. Uh, well, so, how we'll, what
2: about we? will go back into the game, um, I guess. But so uh, twenty, uh, twenty-eight minutes in. Um, again, positioning has been an issue. Uh, with um Wooten completely left unmarked in the box as he beautifully put us to the sword, uh, with Amide the uh, likely the closest defender to him. So, again, we've spoken about it, another switch off inside the box. Moments later on the break, Sotirio uh, increased the lead to two with Young getting a uh, finger on it. Uh, and then 45 minutes in, Garishio gives Wellington a penalty, which they oblige with uh, generosity. Uh, um, what were your thoughts on the goals?
0: First goal, complete switch off at the back. Um, I had a perfect view. I was right on the corner and I could see he went literally through like two Knicks players missed it and the third one got it in. We were nowhere near that corner. It was abysmal defending. Um, We were half asleep during that corner because it's like they had three chances in the space of a second, two missed headers. The other one was a tap-in at the far post. So, it's you know, everyone's going to wake up there. Tomoki, um, Garuccio, um, Nikolai, you know, you know, Leo, they, they were all asleep there for that one. Um, the second goal, you know, they just let Sotirio run. Should never have been one-on-one one with the keeper. Don't quote me on this, but I think it did deflect off one of our defender's legs as well. And um, I think I think in the coming of play, he yeah, yeah, could not. Because Young still got a fingertip to it, but had our defender not intervened, I think it would have been saved. So a bit of yeah. bad luck there. And then the penalty, soft one, but it's there. Um, I don't know if there was no VAR for that game.
2: I don't, because they never went to it once. I'm assuming that there wasn't due to the setup. I'm assuming they couldn't get the correct setup to have VAR there. Which is a bit
0: suspect, but whatever. Um, Probably a trade-off yeah.
1: for playing at more head.
0: Yeah, I'd assume so. Um, so, yeah, it's a silly penalty, but if it's there, it's there. I didn't, I didn't think there was much in it, but, you know, if it was my team on the receiving end, you know, if I was a Wellington fan, I would have been screaming for it. So is what it is. Yeah, really not a great start to that game. That whole first half was one I'd rather forget.
1: Do you know what my highlight of that first half was, Kelsey and Jay? Uh, what was that? That was uh, just after that first goal Wellington scored as Jay shouting, it'll be all right, guys, bounce back.
0: What's no, that you? was actually this I think that was the second goal. <laughs> <laughs> it's what I in the highlight video. It's ten out of ten. Um no, yeah, after it's... The first goal you hear me, yeah, wake the fuck up. I think just but it's like <laughs> you can clearly hear me go, um, it's all right boys, it's all right, you know, don't worry about it. <laughs> on the highlight video. So that oh, was gold. I didn't realise how close I was to the boom mics, because we, you were like. I could have reached over and and touched the back of the net. We were that close to the ground, so probably did pick up a few choice words on the um, on the um, field mics. Over the course of that game, oh.
1: it's not one I'd go back and watch, <laughs> dude. So the, if that had been rated, that would not have been good on free to air. That would have been terrible. You heard whales yeah. swear. You heard. I enjoy that because it gives you that game day atmosphere. It, it reminds me of when Rodan was couch, couch coaching, and he'd just be calling um old uh uh Curdo a sea bomb, like you know what I mean. Like, yeah. I feel like it makes that's worse than United for me is hearing people get sworn at. But um, yeah, it's the Western Suburbs walk-
0: culture. I did walk past the um, both benches at one point just to sort of see because there's never going to be a chance you get that close to the benches in the A League again. Um, and damn, they dropped some serious f bombs for those boys. Both um, the coaches and assistant coaches from both teams Ufie. were going, and Ufi was you know he's got fucking his name, but Jesus, he doesn't really have to use it that much. You know he really went him. But it was also fun to see, you know. It's like <laughs> it's something you don't really get an insight on. So, yeah, yeah. Um, that was the, another good bit about Moore's Head Park.
2: Yeah. Just so, being able to see how would things
0: be operate. sorry. No,
2: nah, all good. Glad you didn't. Uh, would be so for Dylan wenzel holes Wallace, what did you think of this uh, substitution here?
1: I thought it was really good. I thought it was great subbing. Um, and my, obviously, in my opinion, in that set piece was at fault. Um, I, have a, I had a group chat with another fan who sent me photos of him off, like out of position um, and not guarding that dude because Topper Stanley was on the two guys in front of Jamie Young. Um, shout out, Garzy. Um, But, yeah, it's... <sighs> I think Dylan Wenzel Hall really come in and lit a spark up in the group, to be honest. I think he's an, an exciting player, and I think we need to give him more game time.
2: Any thoughts on uh, the substitution, Joe? Jeez,
0: he really needs to grab a goal, though, doesn't he? As much as I love him, He's Dylan, got two. Like, uh, no, nah, but like, that was very start of the season. He's hit a bit of a dry spell. He needs to bounce back. I think he can do it, but like he's got to get to fire I
1: reckon, but he doesn't like for the game time he's had. He's had pretty good.
0: Oh no, nah, he's definitely been he's been subbed on a few times, you know. Yeah, but he's
1: always been a sub. Look, like, I'll bring up how many minutes he's played. Just you guys keep talking. Yeah. I'll bring up his minutes.
0: Yeah, then we'll go goals per minute ratio. But yeah, I think yeah, I just so he's played six hundred eighty three minutes no
1: goals. two goals. Two.
0: That's so, a goal. So it's one every two three, hundred minutes. Yeah, that's a goal every three, three and a half. So it's every games. three and a
2: bit games.
0: Yeah, um, that's really not not great. How's yeah, as but this predominantly well. not starts though. Doesn't matter. He, that he should be he should be fresher. He's fast. That means he should be scoring. Okay. At, you know, his sub on goals. To be honest, well, Jamie Young doesn't it,
2: have enough goals. Well, do you have a comparison for say <laughs> is Average because I'd say, dare say, his would be worse than,
1: um, oh, yeah, it is Wendell 988. Hull. He's had 988 minutes a season for one goal,
0: mm, but he's not an so out one striker well. He's more of a winger, he's, he's been moved into that role. We've got an out and out winger slash striker in Wenzel.
1: Well, Hulls. Dylan Hulls at, Hulls um, is a striker slash forward, like, yeah, he, l- look he's at, sort um, of been
2: thrown wing and forward, like, he sort of mixed his time there.
0: Lockie Wales um, hasn't scored a goal either all season, but if you look at the United assist five assists, um, he's a crucial part in a lot of our goals. He's, you know, because he most players, he makes great runs. So it's like why he's still in the squad. But Wenzel Halls doesn't get starts because he needs to earn them, I think, especially with in the squad now.
1: Here's a quick well, one Who's our third highest goal scorer this season?
2: No, our... sorry. Prefige, it's probably Lester. still is it um,
0: um, wenzel holes it's gonna be wenzel holes isn't it No, nah, lustica No, nah, lustica's like one isn't he nah or he's number two he's two yeah. leo it is with three goals with three yeah yeah so like
2: pain yeah, had
0: Pre-o, two wenzel holes
2: had two yeah mm. boy he's crazy. got one
0: don't forget that yeah. how much less game time is he at now, I don't mean to be shitting on Dylan. It's just like, um, oh, I know, no, but like, we're discussing it. We're not meaning it in a negative light. Yeah, yeah. Like, obviously, I want to see him do well. Like, we did the interview with him, and he's like one of the nicest dudes. Um, he's always got time for a chat, but like, ultimately, you know, it still is a football club, and you know, you got to sort yeah. of think of him as your employees. <laughs> not employees, but you know, this. Are you they're paying their wages, Jay? We are, bro. We are with our membership money. There's no fans in that no club. all even. know that. If there's no, no fans. There's it. no club. All right, time. to want to play on in guys. front of an empty stadium.
2: But let's get into the uh, next point. So, yeah, in some positive one. news, we're we'll sticker open the scoring for us. With uh, I have a note here with Dylan wenzel Hall's impact immediately felt. Thoughts, guys?
0: Hey, we should bring Dylan wenzel Hall's on earlier. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, I think
0: it was a good uh, good goal, well-finished from Lustiger. But we were peppering the goals. One of them had to go in. Yeah. I can't,
1: I, I, as someone who wrote the run sheet, I, I, can't, I can't add more to this.
0: No. Nah, like, um, <laughs> believe it or not, will, Dylan Wenzel-Hall's played one of his better games this weekend. It's just we got nothing from it. And we need to get things from it because it's like he can play as well as he wants. It's like, man, you're a striker. You've got to score goals. Uh, But that's also the same for um, Previc. You know, he didn't give us as much going forward this week as he does most other weeks. Put it down to an off week, maybe. And also, like, Wellington buried their chances as well. And, like, if if you watch the City game where they got smashed, they were on top of City for, like, the first, like, half hour, 40 minutes and then just conceded a quick couple And then proceeded to just get absolutely smashed. So I think just the footy gods weren't with us. They never are against Wellington.
2: I was going to say I feel like for whatever reason it is, this is a game Wellington lifts for. They could be. It's mm. like the like a, a true rivalry for them. Like in any sport, it doesn't matter how you're going on form. The second you're playing that one rival that you want to beat, you lift for it. It doesn't matter how you've been.
1: Kelsey, can you I, scroll down to a couple of questions down and you, you'll find the answer to why that is?
2: I, I
0: can tell you the only game we've ever come close to outplaying them was our one-all draw last year in Tassie. Even when we yeah. won one nil they outplayed us for almost the whole game and we we scraped by with that one nil Barisha win over in Welly, which I was very happy for, but, geez, we've paid for it ever since. <laughs> to to yeah. this day, I'm one of only, like, 12 Western United fans that have seen us actually win at the ground against Wellington. So I'm actually still yeah. pretty happy with that. Caleb and I, only pod members that have seen us, beat Wellington in the flesh. so I feel like that it's comes up every I episode. It's a stat I hope to end mm-hmm. very soon.
2: <laughs> Look, so obviously this game wasn't our best. There were some decent moments, and hopefully it puts the fire in the belly to chase the plate, especially with City losing. You know, there's still that aim that we can do it. I believe if we win our remaining games in hand, we'll actually be one point above them at this minute. Based on how it went, I could be wrong, but I believe that's how it works. Um, mm. So, and then a final note here is, uh, Wallace, you saw a number of rollington fans referring to the game as Whacking Day, and despite the result, that tickles just like some Barry White over some speakers.
1: I knew you were reading this, so I had to put a lot, I had to write not in my normal voice of how I would speak, so I hope you liked it today. Did you like it?
2: Yeah, look, I managed to do the starting part in your usual voice and then I had to change it up because I saw you change how you wrote it.
1: Yeah, did you like that?
2: Nice. I, I enjoyed that. Um, any final thoughts? Uh, it's pretty cool to see
0: Wellington go undefeated against the two snake clubs this season, Western and MacArthur, that have stolen all their players. So, you know, <laughs> you know at least that gives. That's, they got the um, We Beat Western and MacArthur trophy this year. Congrats to them. Um. Yeah, it's sort of a game you just want to move on from, I suppose.
2: Not too many points yeah. to be taken. I, for one, yeah. want to move on from the game. Mm.
1: Do you want to get into the votes thing, Kelsey?
2: Sure, but you didn't write them down on the run sheet, so I'm going to kind of need you to take over this section.
1: Oh, don't worry. I'll, I'll take care of it, buddy. Sorry, just scrolling. Still scrolling. <laughs> okay. So, Kelsey, you gave three to Kilkenny, two to Lesticker, one to Wales. Leb gave three to Wales, two to Lesticker, and one to Prio. Jade, do you remember yours? I
0: think it was, off the top of my head, three to Kilkenny. Three to Lesticker, one to Wales.
1: Correct. Same as Kelsey. Now, Scott did one Mm -hmm. vote today, and that was the only one that was legible in our spreadsheet, which was three to Jamie Young. I did three to Lestica, two to Dylan Wenzel Halls, and one to Wales. Do you guys want to know how the ladder's going currently? Sure. Yeah. Now, currently leading is Stephen Lestica on 76 points. He had a big week with eight points coming in. Thank, Thankful to Scott's points. Uh, Jamie Young is coming second on 75 points, and Leo Lacroix is still coming third on 72. Um. Alexander Preevich is coming fourth on 61. And Joshi Risden is coming fifth on 57. Yeah. Now, normally at this time, and I think I forgot it last week, was I'd like to give a little bit of a shout-out to SportsMate. Now, we recommend checking out A-League Live for all your stats and all that jazz. If you're a big fan about West United, like we are, or any other real any team, check it out. They got great stats. It's what we argue about in our group chat. It's a good time. Just check it out. Uh, Link in the description or search uh, A-League Live in the Google or Play Stores. Uh, Google or Apple stores. I don't know, I don't use Apple. Do you guys want to get into the game preview?
0: Yeah, sure thing. Yep.
1: Now. On Saturday, 16th of the 4th, West United take on Perth Glory for the second time this season, but this time it's personal. And by personal, I mean it's a Woo Home game at Utah Stadium at 505. Now, hot off the heels of a crushing 6-1 to defeat to the Jets, which is whoa, the Jets 6-1. Crossbar Capers will be having the best day ever. Shout out Crossbar Capers. It's been a while, guys. And depending on the results of a Wednesday night game against Wellington, the glory's gory 13-game losing streak could continue. How do you think the woo will fare?
2: I think we've got to bounce back on this game.
1: Second question, Kelsey. Did you like my alliteration there?
2: I did. I love alliteration. You know that.
1: Yep, carry on. Jay, thoughts?
2: Oh, have to win. Must
0: win. Must win. Like, um running, coming into a bunch of away games. Um, like, I, I usually say how most teams aren't easy wins. This one should be. You know, they've been dealt with pretty well by everyone. Home and away, we beat them pretty convincingly last time we played in, um, U- uh, at the Utahs only, like, a couple of months ago, if not a month ago. So, like, yeah, really should be getting a similar score on to last time, something like a 3-1. Have, but that's a must win, especially with one one win in the last five, I think, for us, five or six. So we need to get that those points rolling again.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think it's really crucial to us getting back into momentum for not only finals but contention for the Premier's plate. We don't want City to be that far ahead of the pack because they've almost finished their games for the season and are heading into ACL. Yeah. Um, lineup expectations Jay
0: I think we get a couple of changes I think Bayou starts, yeah. um, believe it or not um, he did, uh, he didn't really feature at all last last week um, especially I, I think he deserves a start after um, you know the, some of the work he's put in we uh, we are going to be traveling um, maybe also give kind of pain a break Um. Because, you know, he's been going at it, even Tomoki's been going at it. But, you know, we sort of need to make it to fill that right-back position now that Brisbane's gone. Um, so, yeah, I think it might be a bit of a um, chopped-together squad, maybe even Dylan Wenzel-Hall starts, Prio gets a rest. Um, I definitely see Neil Kilkenny starting because we need that playmaker. Um, I don't know about you, Kelsey, but he got my three votes because seemed like almost every creative ball came from him, every through ball, every good cross came from him. Kilkenny, so he, we definitely need him to control the tempo of the game. And then you're back four and Jamie Young, you know, pretty much the same. All
2: our best results throughout the year have consistently been when Kilkenny sort of started controlling the ball from that deep, you know, almost from the start of the defensive box or in the early deep midfield section and starts controlling the strings for making our attacks go forward, especially on the counter.
1: Hmm. Do you think we could have Lesticker in the playmaker role, and then Renee Kryn and Lesticker in kind of like that more like uh, defensive midfielder kind of deal? Do you mean
2: Kilpenny and Kryn?
1: Yeah, I know, but like maybe have Kilpenny. So you forward? said Lesticker
2: in the attacking, and then had him.
1: Would you have a way that works? I don't care. So I
2: just wanted to know. No, I'm not trying to be smart. Yeah, no, no, like because we've,
1: yeah, like, we've had Lockie Wales playing that forward kind of diamante esque role, and that. Not to negate Lockie Wales, I don't feel that has worked for us in the last five games. Look,
0: give Renan in a to... break, I reckon as well. I don't see him starting. Yeah, this how did he goal on the weekend? Yeah, but he got subbed early. He gave us nothing going forward, and we need some creativity your... going
2: forward. Kill Kenny? Question. He. In theory, he could be, you know, in a more attacking position. But that screen he does in front of the defence is crucial. Someone would have to do that. That that screen is what's, you know, kept us with the most clean sheets. Like, you'll forget how vital that cog is in it.
1: You you know what I mean? Like, we need that good attacking player. Maybe that is Lestica. Is he a playmaker, though? Well...
0: Kilkenny's sort of your playmaker. L- L- stickers the more um, – he's a bit pacey, L- He can part, play balls. He can pass balls. He, we definitely know he can shoot. He scored it, what yeah. four this season. He's had his – you know, Archie Thompson was dead wrong about him. So um, Actually, five. Five. There you go. So Yeah. is um, yeah. L- great because he's one of those players that can sort of hang on the outside of the – Box, and then you know, when it sort of bounces out to me, we can have a swing at it as well. So, you, I tell you, yeah, push Lustica forward as well. So, if you if I can pick four attackers to start this game if, off the top of my head, if I were to put a team out, it'd be Bayou, Parias, Previc, and then Lustica, like a front four diamond.
1: That's what that, that's what's talking about. That kind of diamond characters like, like, we need that person who's got good skill experience. Doesn't need to be the fastest dude ever, but needs that kind of finesse, you know what I mean, to push that ball mm. forward. And I don't think Lockie Wales is there yet.
0: Yeah, I think, no. I think Wales gets a break. That's why I to say, I'd say, like, bring Paris in for this game. Um, give Wales a break. And then maybe bring Wales on later on. Something mm. like that. But, look, um, we are a bit thin on the bench with injuries at the moment. I, I don't see where the goals are coming from. So odds are, I think we're just going to start with our strongest lineup, which is something similar to what we fielded on the weekend. And I think it's, a, I think it's a mental game. We've seen how well we can play. Um, we have just got to bounce back mentally, and I think we'll be fine. Yeah.
1: Sick. Oh yeah, I've got the run sheet. Sorry, Kelsey. I thought you were doing it. <laughs> Apologies. Home. Now. Here's a question, and I'm going to include Ballarat in the travelling concept here. Do you think travelling is getting to us? So, if you look at it, we've got the Ballarat games travelling away from kind of the normal CBD. Plus, we've got two games in Ballarat in ta- uh, Tasmania, and then we've got um, a further three away games, fully away interstate. Um, do you think this is... Because this is what happened last year, where we kind of shut the bed. Now, last eight games come down injury and going on a bit of a, car- like a carnival. And a now, the only thing I'll say
2: is I think we've got more points away already this season than we already did for the entirety of last season. Oh,
1: of course we did, but do we want to, like, regress that but again?
2: Do, do I think we're starting to struggle a little bit? We're starting to struggle. I don't know if it's travel, if it's just general fatigue, heavier training load. I, I don't know, but there is something there that's causing a bit of fatigue amongst the squad. Hmm.
0: I um I don't know. We've historically played well at Tassie. It's I honestly think it's easier to get down to Launceston than it is to Ballarat probably for some of the players. Because, you know, you're literally hopping on an hour long flight and then, you know, some players probably don't live too far from the airport. So, you know, it's not really that much more of a um of a travel to Ballarat to Launceston versus Ballarat for some players. I'm not taking the piss here either you know it's only two two and a half hours versus 90 minutes for me you know take if i leave here get to the airport straight just in time everything goes smoothly i'm in launceston in two just um just over two hours so um i don't think the launceston trip will be tough um i know we're playing a lot of our away games in new south wales and if you remember back towards the end of our first season we played a lot of games in new south wales Actually made finals. And we actually made a semi-final. Almost made the grade. So um, I think it's just um, mental. The team needs to mentally gel like we did in that first season, because um, every obviously everyone was away from homes, away from families, and um, they all sort of bonded over that. Don't know what the go is in the dressing room now, but hopefully it sort of fixes itself, and uh, or you know maybe a win is all we need. Maybe a good half is all we need to sort of, you know, get the fire under us. We do have Neil back. He's been back for a couple of weeks. I think he's, like I said, the, the barometer. He keeps the tempo for our games and he, he's like the captain without being the captain. A mixture of all those things are playing into it. I think it's obvious. ultimately we're the masters of our own destiny when we're on the road. And if we've got to pay for having a lot of home games back-to-back, we obviously we've got that string of wins by having a string of losses now. So be it. But we're in the finals. We've got to get some sort of form going into the finals. Uh, it has to happen now.
1: Yeah, um, I haven't got anything else to say about the game. Do you want to go into score predictions? Who wants yeah, to go first?
0: Sure. Yeah, I'll go first. Three-one, Western.
2: I'm going
0: to say one 0 Western. I'll take that
1: too light. Yeah, that, that makes sense. That lock it. We probably focus on our defense and lock her. Like get one in early, pack her up. I'm gonna go 2-1 yeah. two, two just to be kind of in a middle ground there between all the things. I think we might concede because I don't think we're with Emi um, in mind the right back. I feel like we're a bit shaky, but uh, yeah, gonna I, be a fun one.
2: Yeah, yeah. I just think Aloisi's gonna want him to get back to their bread and butter this week. Just a funny feeling. I think he sees this as the opportunity against a team that's not going great to really just focus on the fundamentals he wants that squad to have. That's why I said Mm. 1-0. Any final comments? Keen to get down
0: there with a few of the boys. Have a fun, long weekend. I don't know if anyone listens in, Tassie, but if you do, um, I'm sure we'll be at the park, which is across the road from you, beforehand having a couple of beers, maybe even sneak in to see if we can get into the women's game, which is on, um, I think it starts at 2 p.m. It's a 2 p.m. kickoff. There's a like a Calder game or a Western United women's game on in Tassie. But like, I, I know like my flight comes in at 2 p.m., so like I'll, I'll maybe make the tail end of that game. But, um, yeah, keen to get down there and, and have some fun in Launceston. It is always a good trip. Cannot recommend it highly enough
1: wicked i'm just gonna say uh tazzy keep your beer fridges packed at your pubs and your kegs full because uh service crew's coming now, Oh yeah and definitely
0: be- keep a, th- a few i think it's the james bogues breads which they only have on tap in launceston and they rock
1: if they uh, have bottles bring us back one man i'll give you the cash
0: see what i can do
1: i, I i'm interested i i um have mixed experiences with bogues um I won't get into it now because it's a long, lengthy story. But let's move on to the tipping comp. Um, currently coming first still, and has been quite consistent this season. Probably the MVP of this methodical flamethrower. Sick name, sick tips. Coming second is Sherlock Machine, the unofficial sixth member of the pod. Does some of our social media. You can't win the pri- uh, the prize, Nick. Uh, coming third, tied uh, for second, really. Woods to ninety nine. Tracks coming fourth. Jeff FSS is coming fifth. I'm coming sixth, and I'm coming for that fifth place, Jeff. And um, Harris Mania, seventh. Maybe eighth. Kelsey, we know you didn't jump in this year. And DeJoker, baby. Yeah, I have had a tip fifth wrong fifth. all year. I know. And Scott's coming tied 22nd. Now, I got something a little bit different here, and we've been kind of not doing a lot of around the grounds because a lot of other media that does around the grounds nowadays. But... There's something I really want to talk to today about, and that is the fact that Disney Plus is working on a Matildas documentary leading to the World Cup. Is this something that Paramount Plus should have covered, or was this good for the FFA to organize? They obviously would have um, maybe gone to tender or whatever, or maybe Disney Plus was just interested in making this. I'm not sure of the, the situation there. But is it good that um, Australian football has been represented on a global stage and one of the biggest streaming platforms, Kelsey.
2: So, look, any exposure, doesn't matter who it is, is good exposure. You know, Disney Plus has more of a reach than Paramount Plus. So, from that perspective, I would say it's a good thing. But I agree, like, it probably is a missed opportunity for Paramount Plus to have jumped on that and shown their support behind the Australian game. And the women's game at large for that as well. Um, but again, like great exposure um, and probably really good in the lead up to Women's World Cup 2 to help get boost um, sales. The event should sell itself, but it should also help with that as well.
0: Yeah, Matilda's players are known all around the world. And I think Disney Plus has more like got more of a global uniform platform. Like obviously, Paramount Man Plus is different in Australia than it is in the US um, um so yeah it's one of the if not the biggest you know it's right up there with Netflix now right up there with Amazon Prime is Disney Plus um it's, probably, it's actually one of the only ones I still have I've gone through and delivered them all the only two I've got left are well three I've got Paramount Binge and Disney Plus and I've got the only reason I've got two of them is because I've got one with the membership and one I keep getting for free for some reason so, um, yeah. Send me your login. No, um, <laughs> I watch The Sopranos too much, and I only get one person for um, for for that. And then I also watch The Simpsons too much on Disney, so no
1: one. I do, on yeah, yeah. Um, I'm assuming the, the early is...
0: seasons of The Simpsons. Uh particularly, see, start of season three through end of season nine.
2: Okay, that, that's fine. Keep repeating that.
0: And season nine is still, for me, a bit of a stretch. I'm a purist. (laughs) I can, to to be honest,
1: I watch it with my daughter because you've got to find common ground with children. And um, she's too young for Family Guy or Bob's Burgers or anything like good. Um, And I'm up to season 33 at the moment, whatever the fuck it's coming out now. And it's actually better than probably 18 through 25 was pretty shit. But like 25 through 33 isn't bad. But they should have died. It should have gone. Ended a long time ago.
0: It should be gone. And hey, I, I've seen new episodes of The Simpsons, and it's like still entertaining. But it's like magic when they had all the not like you know Conan and all
2: that still writing for him. It's just gone. Look, and the animation—it's
0: like, too clean now.
2: The animation looks it's too like good. Old yellow. The dog was great and everything, but just take it behind the woodshed and do what needs to be done.
1: I agree. I agree yeah. completely. Um, that's all I have for around the grounds. you guys have anything for Australian football?
0: No. International football's is hot, hotting up, though, if you're if you a Premier League fan. There was a 2-2 draw between Liverpool and Man City this morning. Um, so there's still a point in between both teams who are both clear top. I mean, it's going to go down on the wire this season. You can get around that one um, if you, you know... Obviously, most people that do watch the A-League also watch the Premier League. But if you're one of the fans that's just getting into the sport and started domestic before branching, branching off international, man, watch watch any Man City or any Liverpool game you can because they are just action-packed. And the championship, the, the English championship, the league below the Premier League is, is getting spicy as well. So there's good football all around at the moment.
1: Oh, great. Um did anyone see the Wanderers versus Raw game on the weekend where the keeper got uh, Red Carter for like tackling the dude?
0: Yeah, I've I've seen a few good rugby tackles this weekend at rugby stadiums where there was no rugby being played. First we had that one, then we had the streaker get taken out. It was all going on there over in. Uh, actually, no, that wasn't New South Wales. That was Queensland, but you get
1: and that shop. was a rugby game.
0: That was a, at a rugby game, but. Yeah, man, that was that was just one of the weirdest brain fades I think I've ever seen. He's just completely stuffed it up. And then even if it was AFL, that would have been tripping. So, like, it's not just a fair He's fouled across multiple codes there. I don't know how he's done that. But, man... The only way that
1: could have been... The only way that could have been, like, a more egregious foul is if he, like, set up a police system and had a net or something. Like, I...
0: Yeah, or like um he sprinkled leaves on the ground and the striker fell into a pit. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> something, something more uh, elaborate and
1: ridiculous.
0: Yeah. That was it yeah. was pretty ri- yeah. Peak A League though, you'll love to see it.
1: Yeah. Shout out Peak A League podcast. <laughs> um any cards for this week, guys?
0: No, cut not off the top of my head. No, I
2: can't think of any
1: no that's okay um we might end it there now uh before we go if you can head to uh, to tassie get in there support the boys if not do it at home um there might be something or it's the easter weekend so i'm not sure if the um local supporters will be going to sporting globe but check out the we are wu fc supporters group for any updates of local viewings um next week's gonna be our 100th episode We started in February 2019. It's been a long time coming, so we're hoping for a bit of a special episode. Um, I'm hoping to have every original member back on, so I'm hoping to have Scott, um, Kelsey. We're going to have a bit of a segment. It's going to be a bit different. We're going to be talking to Chris P or Pelavanis. He's going to be back on. We're going to talk about how the club's developed in the three years. It's going to be a really – I'm going to go for a bit of a different format for this episode, so it's going to be really good and kind of reminisce a bit about how far the club's progressed Um, not only as a club, but as a community of football fans. So um, that's going to be really interesting. Uh, Anything else you guys want to talk about before we go?
0: No, No, just, um, yeah, if you can get down to Tassie because it's always fun getting down there. Um, And we've got a bunch of away games coming up, so um, who knows, we might have to look at maybe getting a few more people in a centralised area um, to watch one of those away games, Sporting Globes, usually the way it works, but... uh, yeah, let, let's get down there and show our support any way we can. We're at the end of the season now. We are going to be playing more home games, though. You'd expect in the final series. So, you know, don't book any holidays to Bali in, uh, I think, June or May. May. So because <laughs> we're definitely going to be in the finals. 100%. Uh, Kelsey, anything?
1: No, I'm good. Cool. Um let's rock this out with don't forget to like, s- subscribe, share, review, all that jazz. Um send us a message and
0: all West aren't we. All West Aren't we. All West Aren't we.